Hi everyone, I'm Karen Karitzer, CEO of the ARC and Ida Lewis, and together with Heather Evans, our Vice President of Development, we host the ARC Waves podcast. ARC Waves shares best practices and habits of diverse performers and leaders. These inspiring leaders are from all stages of the leadership wheel, from seasoned CEOs to emerging leaders, risk takers and innovators, for-profit and not-for-profit. Our guests are trailblazers, serving as beacons for those striving to be outstanding leaders in the disabilities field and beyond. Hello and welcome. I'm Karen Karitzer. During this episode of Arc Waves, I will interview Heather Evans. Heather is the Vice President of Development at the Arc and Ida Lewis. She oversees our Friends of the Arc Foundation, donor relations, grant writing, and also co-hosts this podcast with me. I am thrilled to have Heather at our agency and to give our listeners an opportunity to get to know her. Hi, Heather, and welcome to the interview seat today. Hi, Karen. Thank you for having me. And I have to say, you make me sound very busy. Because <laughs> you are. Because <laughs> you are. So I thought um, we could start with you sharing how you came to know about the Arcanita Lewis and more specifically about the role that you have at our agency. Absolutely. The ARC is an organization as a whole that has always been something that's appealing to me, um, a great way to make an impact uh, on people's lives with developmental and intellectual disabilities that makes an impact because people don't always realize how much uh, individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities have to offer the world. And what I love is that the ARC really puts that first and foremost in its mission. The ARC Oneida Lewis specifically, uh, when I moved to the area from Syracuse about 20 years ago, seemed like the name recognition was so strong of the ARC Oneida Lewis. I heard about it everywhere. There were always fundraisers going on and events and things and was just really tied very closely to the mission of the ARC Oneida Lewis. And that really intrigued me. So I always looked for any opportunity to be part of something um, that had to do with supporting the ARC and its mission. And then a few years ago, I was asked to serve on the foundation board. And the Friends of the ARC Foundation is a volunteer board, as you know, uh, whose sole purpose is to support the ARC Oneida Lewis and its mission. So it's wonderful. And whether that's through advocacy, um, through seeking out donations, through setting up fundraisers, you name it, uh, the Friends of the ARC Foundation volunteers wear a bunch of hats and they participate because their heart is in it. Uh, because each of these people has day jobs and other responsibilities in their life. Uh, but what's so humbling is that they make time to support the ARC and its mission. So I was really, really proud to be part of that. And uh, found myself, though, in a position where I was looking for a career change. And, you know, spoke with you. And you said, Heather, let me give it some thought and see if I have any ideas for you. And you came back to me a couple of weeks later and said, you know what, I think I have a spot for you. And it was the most wonderful gift. And the last thing I expected was to have the privilege of working for the agency. Um, And since that first day, Every single day, I'm happy to come to work. Every single day, I feel like I am doing something important that's making an impact, either directly or indirectly, on the lives of the 1,400 people we support at the agency. So you started off when, well, first of all, you, you know, you like you said, you got to know our agency. You, you attended 
um, at least uh, a couple of our charitable events. Could you tell me a little bit about that and your experience and and um, what you recall and how that uh, those events support the mission? You mean beyond the fabulous outfits I was able to wear? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> always looks beautiful at those events. That really. is true. It's like being able to relive your prom all over again, but mm-hmm. without that pressure of that teenage angst. Um right. And you get to pick your own dress. You don't have to have the input from your mother. Uh, (laughs) But no, in all seriousness, uh, what was really amazing, and I think the foundation and the agency always did a great job in my experience in attending, you know, like I said, events over the past 20 years, um, was tying it back directly to a connection with the people we support. Um, It wasn't just come and spend some money and have a nice dinner. Uh, there was always a piece that tied that gift of uh, uh, an attendee's attendance um, and their ticket price back into how that was going to impact the agency. And I think that was important then. And I think that becomes even more important now as we move forward because people's dollars are limited. They are more limited and they aren't going as far as they used to. So for me, and I think for a lot of the people I interact with, it's very important for them to know that the dollars they give through those sorts of events can be tied to a specific project. That's right. And I think that's a really important thing for people to know, you know, are coming and purchasing the ticket and, and wanting to hear more about the agency and where their donations go and what programs. I think that's a, an important, you know, critical piece to um, especially the foundation who often heads these uh, these events so just getting back to your role now you i know that you came in you got to know the agency through the events through the foundation you were a member of the foundation and then your role last year we had hired you as a business support specialist Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about what that position entailed and how it prepared you for your um, position that you have now as a vice president of development yeah absolutely and that's probably the most interesting thing is to have been hired on as a business support specialist because honestly as intimately as I thought I understood the mission of the ARC Oneida Lewis and kind of in general what we did here um, as part of the foundation I didn't fully appreciate the myriad of programs we had available to offer people we support throughout Oneida and Lewis counties so many different chances to realize their goals. So if you had somebody who was interested in expressing themselves artistically, we have a fine art department, which I love to visit at least once a week because it is the most colorful place in the agency, I always like to say, and it is so happy and so cheerful. Um, But I was hired on as a business support specialist and also to do grant writing, which happily helped me get into the nooks and crannies of everywhere in the agency Um, I remember the first day that I came to work, I met with our executive director of business enterprises, Chad Hartwig, um, somebody who has a ton of enthusiasm for the business uh, and the business units that we have here. And he took me around to a couple of our different facilities um, from more entry-level facilities that provide employment to people we support to very fast-paced, very high-energy, very complicated facility production and packaging facilities um so that i could really see the whole gamut of what we have to offer 
And again, how we can find a place for each person we support who is interested in working, who is interested in earning a paycheck, who is interested in leaving their house every day and being part of something. We have a role for them and we have a place for them. And to me, that was such a powerful realization right off the bat that first day in that business support uh, specialist role. Um, and then, you know, part of that role was also writing grant, doing grant writing. And that was a new field for me. Um, clearly, I have no issue with chit-chatting and talking, as anyone who knows me will attest. But um, I've always loved to write. And I have to say, as a sidebar, Karen, somehow you saw that maybe I might have that talent or that knack. And I'm so glad you did. Um <laughs> because I've always dreamed of writing and write in my free time. Uh, So this is a great opportunity for me to express myself in that forum, but for the benefit of the people we support, which what could be better? Um, And in working with the business side and understanding the role that that plays in the agency and then being able to do grant writing on behalf of the business department as well as the entire agency really gave me a chance to much more fully comprehend Uh, what we do, as well as I think to be a much more powerful advocate. Um, Hopefully the people listening can hear from my voice that I really, really believe in the mission here. And I want to share that enthusiasm with everybody who's listening. I think, you know, absolutely 100% do. And we're so lucky to have you part of our agency. And and I know that um, the staff have gotten to know you and the people that we support, and they're just so thrilled that you're with us. Um, let me just go back, take a little bit back to the foundation for the, uh, to, to get a little bit more of, um, some, um, questions answered about how do you think the foundation or why do you think the foundation is so important to the people that we support at the Arcanita Lewis? That's a great, um, great question. And I think, you know, without getting too into the weeds here, Um, The reality is that the people we support have a wide range of needs. And in order to be able to fit and meet all the needs that the people have, reimbursements that are coming through from the state and from the federal level aren't always going to be enough to provide the level of care that people deserve. I think when the foundation can step in and support through different fundraising projects, through events, through... um, you know, strategic asks for funding, we can support those projects that maybe need a little bit extra that can raise the quality of care and can raise the consistency of care um, just by giving an infusion of that funding. The other role that's really important that the foundation plays, I think, beyond the the financial side um, is the advocacy side. I think if you haven't directly been touched by having a relative or a friend with an intellectual or developmental disability, you cannot fully appreciate how challenging it can be to navigate this world. And as advocates, as volunteer advocates for the agency, we can share both the difficulties that people will face as well as the triumphs that they can find by participating in many of the services that the Arco Nida Lewis has to offer. I think they're also, the foundation is also um, a really great way for people to in the community to hear about what the Arcanida Lewis does. And often, you know, unless you're really involved in a nonprofit agency Mm -hmm. and, you know, the day to day, 
you, you may not know all the supports and services. You may not hear the great stories and the successes that, that are um, in the agency and or the relationships and the wonderful relationships that are created. So I often see the, the foundation um, as, as our, you know, connection to telling those stories Yes. and, you know, telling about the agency and what we do to their friends and to their coworkers and other leaders that they may um, come across in their, in their um, day-to-day business world or, or uh, world, personal world. So I think that's an, another really important piece when you have a, a foundation. I, I absolutely agree. Can you tell us a little bit about the leadership of the foundation and what factors are important to working successfully with leaders in our community? And, and how did you develop those skills and abilities? Well, as I mentioned, I do love to talk. Uh, so <laughs> any opportunity to, to meet with someone new, uh, I, I think something that defines me as a genuine interest in people and their stories Um, so I take that enthusiasm with me when I go to meet with members of the foundation, I really want to understand where they're coming from and why they've chosen to spend their time on a volunteer board when there are so many other, uh, choices and options for them to spend their time on. Why do they choose the ARC? To me, that's the most important. That is their why. Uh, and if I understand that, um, I think it becomes a little bit easier to engage and to motivate them. Um, Again, they're a volunteer, so I don't really have a carrot and I don't really have a stick. What I have to lead is understanding. So to me, that's the most important thing. Um, And then in my other side of my leadership role, as you mentioned, is trying to establish relationships within the community with different people who may be able to have an impact um, positively on the agency. And that's been um, really a fun new challenge uh, to get a chance to meet people, to have an opportunity to talk to them about the agency, about the people we support, to be able to tell some of the heartwarming anecdotes that I've been a part of um, in helping different people reach their goals here in the agency, and really making those connections. Because again, it's more about what unifies us and what our similarities are than what our differences are. And I hope that every interaction I have with leaders around the community, as well as with people that are members of the foundation and members of the agency, is that I'm reiterating that message, that it is more about what unifies us. I agree. Um, What about um, your background, do you think, has um, supported you to be successful and working with the foundation? Because I just think about some of our listeners who might be interested in, in getting into more of that community development type role or mm-hmm. getting into, you know, how do I how do I get into a position where I would support a foundation? Could you right. maybe tell a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question to ponder. My background is very, very diametrically opposed to working for a nonprofit. Um, I started off in pharmaceutical sales and then quickly switched into medical sales where I spent about 15 years in the operating room. Mm -hmm. And as a sales rep in the operating room, there is a person on the table and you are there to make sure the instrumentation and the implants are there and ready to go. And you are educating everyone from the guy bringing things in off the dock when FedEx delivers it 
to the central sterile processing team, to the nursing staff, to the scrub staff, as well as making sure the surgeon is comfortable with whatever is going to be put in front of them. So you have to educate people who come at the process from a bunch of different uh, perspectives. And at the time, if you had said to me, is this a good training ground to be a leader? I probably would have said no, because I couldn't see the forest for the trees. Now, looking back, though, I can see how honing those skills to be able to talk to people, again, who are motivated by different things, um, who have different levels of engagement in the process, and who have a variety of different vested interests in the process, and helping to motivate them all towards a successful outcome, in this case, a successful surgical outcome, I think really gave me some skills for uh, communication, particularly the listening aspect of communication so that I could, again, understand, in the operating room instance, everyone's why. Why are you here? What is your role today? Let me help make your role as seamless and as successful as possible. And that's kind of the motivator behind leading the foundation for me. I think it's, you know, you're, you're making a really great point because I, I think people need to look at their own backgrounds and their experiences if they're interested in getting into more development type work and helping a foundation, you know, to sort of take a step back and, and do that assessment of their skills mm-hmm. and what they can bring to the table. And, um, you know, whether it's, you know, sales and, and uh, operating room, you know, I, I think that um, you can really s- take a step back and say, you know, what is it that I, I really have here? And uh, what could make me a success in, in this chosen field? So thank you for sharing that. I think that's great. Um, let me just ask you a little bit more about uh, leadership in the way that how do you think leadership or do you think leadership is something that evolves over time or something that maybe you're born ready to do? Ah, well, having thought about that question before, I can tell you that I always used to think a leader was born. I thought you started off as Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh but now I realize, maybe as I've gotten older and uh, perhaps more open-minded, that people can also become leaders. And I think it's a question of motivation. Um, and I, I sometimes wonder if someone considers themselves born a leader, will they find themselves in a rut where they aren't advancing in, at all and they aren't looking at things from different perspectives? And will the person who says to themselves, I've learned to become a leader, be the sort of person that's more open to learning new ways of leading. So to summarize, I think it's a combination of both. And I think the most powerful combination is someone who is, you know, kind of intrinsically gifted with charisma, with a penchant for listening and engaging people, but who also is willing to learn and advance themselves in that role and is constantly um, on the lookout for new ways to approach solving a problem. I think that's right on. I, I, I really truly believe, at least for myself, and I know that there's other you know seasoned CEOs who who think this that you really you never stop learning. You know, you could be you know 30 year veteran in the in the field of of being a CEO, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean your learning stops. You know, there's so many opportunities to learn from whether it's from different industries or from, you know, your direct support staff and, 
and really giving you some ideas or inspiration that could, you know, change things a little bit differently for you or your agency for that might be more positive um, outcomes for the people you support. So I think you, you do yourself such a disservice if you, if you sort of say, well, you know, I'm, I've have all these years of experience and um, you know, I'm, I, I, I plan to retire or something. soon. So there's no reason for me to learn. Well, there is, you know, because there's always those opportunities that, that can present themselves so that you could make some incredible um, changes that yeah. would be positive. Yeah, and for that matter, no matter how old you become, there's always an opportunity to make an impact. And if you've spent your life learning and gathering and garnering new information and finding ways to put that to good use, one could retire from a career and perhaps find themselves on, oh, I don't know, the Friends of the Ark Foundation Board, <laughs> l- lending all that expertise that they've called over the years. That's right. I'll tell you, a foundation is, you know, a great place for somebody who, you know, maybe is retired or part, you know, part time and still looking to, to stay engaged and in their community. It, it really is a, is a great, uh, a great um place to go and a nice plug there for our own foundation. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that we um, um, also have asked you to do, and um, we're so grateful that you were interested and in, was to join the Leadership Mohawk Valley class um, out of the Center for Leadership Excellence at um, Mohawk Valley Community College. We've sent a number of people through this program, myself included, um, which is a wonderful, wonderful program. I know you haven't yet started it, um, I believe you started this week, but um, is there is there something about that that you are are hoping to achieve? Um, it's a year long process. I mean, what do you hope to accomplish at the end of of your experience with Leadership Mohawk Valley? Yeah, the I have to say first, I'm so honored that you nominated me to take part in this program. Um, you know, I've never considered myself a leader. I I don't think I ever had the um, I don't want to say arrogance, but I, I think I thought that it would be too presumptuous to call myself a leader. And so to be recognized as someone who has that potential uh, by someone like yourself is, is such a huge feather in my cap. And to join the ranks of many people who I know who have been through that program, uh, I'm extremely humbled. Uh, I do start this week. Um, I'm very excited for it. I'm honestly a little bit nervous. I hope I can stack. <laughs> I hope I can stack up. Um, and I'm, of course, concerned about the footwear. Uh, <laughs> You'll do great. You'll but, do great. But, but I, I think that um, in, in being able to spend this year in the company of other people who are aspiring to better themselves as leaders and as human beings, I hope to come out of this the other side a better resource for the agency. Um, someone who can be visible in the community, someone who can help raise the necessary funds that we need much more effectively, someone who can make connections that are positive on behalf of the people that we support so that we can, because again, the thing about this role that I'm in, uh, like yourself and like everyone else who works for the Ark of Oneida Lewis is we are impacting 1,400 lives in a huge two-county area. That's right. that's mm-hmm. really impressive. So I want to mm-hmm. do the best I can, and I think that this leadership class, this course, this regime uh, will help me in that. And then, you know, once that's done mm-hmm. and you're ready to retire, maybe I'd take on your job. 
<laughs> just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I think we should interview you in about a year um, after you've, you've graduated LMV and, you know, just sort of touch base and say, this is what you said, uh, you know, That's early right. before you started. And, and, you know, is it still the same? What else did you learn? I think you're going to find it just amazing, amazing experience. So we're starting to wind down a little bit. So I've got um, a, a different little direction question for you. Uh, can you tell us something that most people may not um, know about you, a hidden skill or a talent or something interesting that's happened to you? Well, you know, I, I thought about a question like that. And I think initially I thought, oh, maybe not everybody knows I speak Spanish. But I've now realized in my children telling me what a nerd I am that I'm constantly <laughs> speaking Spanish or Latin that turns out that cat is out of the bag. So I I would like to share something that happened to me because I think it was a really important life lesson that didn't seem like one at the time. Um, When I was 15 years old, my brother and sister were about nine and 10 years old. Our house burned down. And it was a house that my father had built with his bare hands with his friend who, um, you know, worked alongside him. And it was my parents' dream home. And it was on 45 acres of land, and it offered a really idyllic childhood. I had a horse. I had a pond. My driver was a mile long, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful way to grow up. And when I was 15, that house burned down because of a chimney fire. Oh. And, uh, you know, the, I could go on for a long time about what that, uh, what being told that was like in terms of when we were called and given the news. Um, but the lesson came the next day. Uh, We had to stay that night at my grandparents' house because we had nowhere else to go. Uh, Everything was lost. Mm. But the next day, I kid you not, Karen, they had this big enclosed front porch. It was filled from floor to ceiling with people that had come by, people we didn't even know, Mm. with gifts and toiletries and essentials that we would need to be able to overcome this, you know, horrible occurrence that happened. And I'll never forget, I even got a card that was anonymous with $20 in it, which at the time in 1995, I think it was, uh, was a fair amount of money from somebody Mm -hmm. that we didn't even know. And a lot of that sort of thing came in. So the lesson that I learned and what I share in terms of this being something that not everybody knows about me is that I really think it's important to try to remember what matters and that is a sense of community mm-hmm. and a sense of being a part of something and when you have a chance to uh, spread that feeling to others y- you don't want to squander it yeah uh, that's that's absolutely fantastic story and I'm you know so sorry that happened to your family and and you know but like you said what you find and sort of the the things that you see as a result of of sometimes the most tragic events, you see that sense of community and mm-hmm. people rallying around and wanting to support you. And, and really that's what you do here at the Ark and I Lewis, you know, and I, I think it all sort of comes full circle. So I, I, you know, thank you, Heather, for sharing all of your experiences on the leadership wheel today and your own personal experiences. And I know the listeners um, were able to get to know you and I'm so grateful that you shared all of this with us today. Well, thank you for having me. So as we approach the end of our episode today, we get to move into our lightning round questions. And these are some quick <laughs> these are some quick questions for our listeners to to hear a little bit more about you. You ready? Absolutely. Okay. Favorite book as a kid? 
The Fountainhead. The Fountainhead. Why? Uh, it was by Ayn Rand. Someone gave it to me in about ninth grade. I started reading in fourth grade. I started reading about two hours a day. My father had told me it was a gift that um, to be able to read and you would never be lonely if you had a good book which has proven true to me over the years, regardless of the ups and downs I've gone through. I've always had a friend in a book. Um, but someone gave that to me in ninth grade, and it really opened my mind, um, both from a standpoint of understanding um, some different political ideas, but also Ayn Rand was Russian, and her sentence structure, because she wrote in English, was so gorgeous. And I am a, a super nerd. And so I, I just loved the way she put words together. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. Um, okay, let's see. Morning person or a night owl? Morning. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> what is the first thing you notice about someone when you meet them? Their smile. Their smile. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and also their eyes. Yes. The eyes are really telling. Um, do you speak a foreign language? I do. As uh, I mentioned, I speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, quiero practicar con todo. I want to practice with everyone. Um, <laughs> and I love to learn different languages whenever I meet someone. So I try to learn a little bit of uh, each person's language I encounter. Um, I also studied Latin for quite a while. So if I wow. do meet Julius Caesar, bringing it full circle, <laughs> I'll be ready to say, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, your favorite season? Fall. I agree. Um, and is there any um, reason for, for fall? or? You know, I, I love the warm sweaters and the coziness. I love the colors, and I love hot apple cider. And I feel like you can only drink that in the fall. <laughs> I agree. Well, that's all that we have time for today. Heather, um, thank you again for your time today and, and sharing all of this with our listeners. Do you have any parting words before we sign off? Um Please come back and listen to us again. We are going to have some amazing guests from not only around the Mohawk Valley, but beyond. And I think each one of them will have a little nugget to offer. And I hope that our listeners approach each conversation as such. I absolutely agree. And I look forward to uh, our next podcast. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you and have a great day. You too. All right, bye -bye. Disclaimer, the views, ideas, and opinions expressed in this podcast are only those of the individuals involved and do not reflect the official policy or position of the ARC Oneida Lewis chapter, the ARC New York, or any other agency, organization, employer, or company.